about them Diamondbacks. Not only are they streaking, they're giving us some good fantasy baseball content as we welcome you to fantasy baseball today. Welcome back. Welcome back from the long weekend. How was it, Scott White? It was something. A lot of a lot of last minute baby preparations were being made around the White household. A lengthy honey do list that has been trimmed to basically nothing. Honey do so list. It was a busy weekend for me, even though it was, you know, three days. What's a honey do list? Like honey do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The honey. I I don't even like the term. It, it makes me think of like honey do a breakfast bar. You know? <laughs> yeah, like. uh yeah, honeydew is like is anybody's favorite fruit honeydew? I don't know one person. Like, I I yeah. would I want to meet the guy whose favorite fruit is honeydew yeah, because no. it always just seems like it's there distracting from the cantaloupe, right? I prefer cantaloupe. Pretty good. Yeah, I prefer, but they're good. They they complement each other very nicely, I'd say. Okay. Uh, we welcome you to the show. I'm Adam Azer. That is Scott White, who always has such interesting food takes. Are you hiring with ZipRecruiter.com? You can post your job to 100 plus job sites including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com. Again, try it for – oh, ZipRecruiter.com slash strike, excuse me. Again, try it for free, ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. More about ZipRecruiter in a little bit. Uh, so we're going to recap the last four days, focus a lot on yesterday, but but also give you some highlights from over the weekend who to add and who to drop. But let's do a hey real quick. Hey, real quick for 2018, Scott, for next year. Who are you drafting first, J.D. Martinez or Robbie Ray? <laughs> oh. uh, you like that, yeah. Oh, uh, I am trying to come to terms with Robbie Ray, just what exactly Robbie Ray is now, because in his three starts since returning from the DL 33 no is it three starts or is it four starts uh, basically sure. it's 33 strikeouts to four walks in 19 and a third innings which is insane yeah insane and you know he, he seems to be throwing his fastball more I don't know how sustainable that is but it might explain why the walks are down and obviously he's still getting plenty of swings and misses on it um you know, yesterday, seven and two thirds shutout innings, 14 strikeouts to no walks. So, I mean, if, if Robbie Ray is like Mr. Cy Young, Chris Sale part 2.0, then I think we'll be drafting him ahead of JD Martinez, sure. And it's just going to depend how his last three, four starts go here. Um, it could, it, he could very much be in that elite discussion if, if he continues to keep the walks down to close out the season. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that because I, I don't, it's not enough for me. It's three starts since pitching just an inning and two thirds against St. Louis. It's three starts since missing a month. And yeah. I don't know, I, I'm not looking at him as a control artist right now. I didn't even think about that aspect of it. Just even with his horrible control, four walks per nine innings. Yeah. Wor- worse than last year. He's got a 280 sure. ERA. But I mean, before he went on the DL, we still regarded him as a top 25 starting pitcher in fantasy. Absolutely. So it's not like, it's not that big of a leap from there to ace hood. No, ace no, no. Hood. Which is why I'm asking the question to begin with, because even, even if you don't expect, even if he's walking a lot of guys, he's still got a 280 ERA this year. Now the thing about both of these guys, JD Martinez with four home runs yesterday, by the way. And Robbie Ray, who is the first pitcher in baseball history to have double-digit strikeouts against the Dodgers four times in one season. That's amazing. Uh, I don't know that either of them is is this good. I mean, Martinez is having his career year. He has 34 home runs in 97 games. He is slugging 654. And he's mm-hmm. had a 553, 535, 535 slugging percentage each of the previous three years. So he's not—nobody's a 654 slugging guy. Uh, and then Ray— it, it's just weird. It's like the peripherals, it's the hits. It's the hits in the Babbitt, right? Because compare him to last year when Ray had a 490 ERA. This year it's 280. Strikeouts are up, but walks are up. Home runs are exactly the same. He's giving up three fewer hits per nine innings, and the Babbitt is 270. So I'm not sure either of these guys is, is this good. But then again, like Robbie Ray's stuff is nasty. He's a very talented pitcher. So. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. So so your answer right now would be Robbie Ray if you had a draft right now for next year. No, if I had to draft right now, 
I mean, I was kind of projecting what the rest of September might look like for Robbie Ray, mm-hmm. as in it's not a crazy idea to to think you might draft him ahead of J.D. Martinez let, uh, next year. But, you know, J.D. Martinez the last few years has been consistently like a fourth or fifth round guy, right? And and he's gotten even better each of the last few years. It's the best season of his career, like you said. Uh, so there's no doubt we're going to draft him like an elite outfielder next year. It's just... It'll it'll come down to a how good does Robbie Ray close out the season and b how much um, how much do you value pitchers versus hitters because yeah. you know obviously outfield a deep position for hitters starting pitching is has been a pretty pretty uh, high end starting pitcher has been a scarce commodity all year. All right, we got a lot to tell you about, including somebody who played shortstop for the Rockies last night and Lucas Giolito, Doug Fister. Man, Jose Ramirez has been killing it. Delano to Shields needs to be discussed. He's 28% owned. So over the last few days, Scott, any interesting ad drops you'd like to tell us about? Well, not ones that have gone particularly well. I did add Mark Leiter in a couple leagues. Hey. And um, light him up. <laughs> That's what the Mets did yeah. to him yesterday. Sure did. Uh, yeah, still not a very trustworthy guy there, Mark Leiter, it turns out. So I'm regretting that one. And, and obviously I was only picking him up for a two-star week anyway. Um, otherwise, you know, I was – uh man, it was so long ago now. You added Blake Parker in a Roto League. I did, that and, did, and that didn't you know what happened either. to him yesterday? <laughs> I saw what happened to him, yeah. Park him up. Yeah, he got crushed. Uh, no, that doesn't work the same way. No. That doesn't work. Park him up. Uh, yeah, he got parked. Um, actually, Matt Olson parked one. Uh, his second of the day. But yeah. look, I don't know what's going to happen to Blake Parker. He's been the Angels' best reliever all year. It looked like he finally secured that job that nobody else in the Angels' bullpen could secure. But Mike Sosha's changed at the drop of a hat lately. So I'm I'm a little worried about Blake Parker. After well, investing he had, in him. He had 11 straight scoreless appearances before yesterday. No, I so get it. it. I it, want to take Blake Parker. Yeah, out. it would be it would be in my opinion foolish to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Um it looks like it looks like Greg Holland, you know, the Rockies have been lacking in save opportunities for a week now. So we we don't know for sure, but it looks like Greg Holland's back in the ninth inning role for them. He worked the ninth inning in a tie game yesterday. Uh so I was fine dropping Jake McGee, certainly Pat Nishek, if you ever picked him up in the first place. And Parker would be a good pitcher to add. It looks like Brandon Maurer is the Royals' closer for now because uh Calvin Herrera is having arm problems. Maurer yeah. got a save over the weekend. Uh, Obviously right. well, not as good as Parker. Well, but, but, but let's update that situation because Herrera could pitch this week and Maurer got crushed yesterday. Yeah. And that was in a non-save situation, but it was the ninth. And then Maurer, I'm not the least bit interested in. They, I mean, the way they used him Sunday and Monday, it did seem like Maurer was the interim closer for Herrera, but he got crushed yesterday, and Scott Alexander came in and got the save. I look, I own Kelvin Herrera in our podcast league. I've made it to the semifinals. I won uh, the first round, and I had Herrera, and I had to drop. I dropped Brad Peacock, who better be going to the bullpen. And uh, I picked up Alex Claudio and started him over Calvin Herrera. Uh, so, but but I could go back to Herrera next week. We'll see. But the Royals haven't been so hot lately either. It, tell me, please tell me, please tell me, Brad Peacock's going back to the bullpen because if I dropped him for nothing, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> it sounds like he might, and I I don't like the idea because I feel like he is one of the Astros' three or four most talented pitchers. But he has been a success in the bullpen already, and I don't know that they're as confident Charlie Morton or Colin McHugh's going to be that. I don't know that anybody even really has to. This week, obviously, there's a there's a doubleheader coming up over the weekend, so they're at least sticking six-man through that. Kind of wonder why they wouldn't just the rest of the season do that, but I, I would say Peacock's job is in jeopardy, as is both Morton's and McHugh's. Well, McCullers is coming back. Verlander joins the rotation tonight. Right. And that'll so. make it six man when those two are. They've already announced Mike Fires is in the bullpen, so they're back down to six. Okay. So yeah. I don't want it to be Peacock because I think he's the best of, of many of those options, but I, I do want it to be him because I dropped him and, uh, don't want to lose to Brad Peacock at this point. Yeah. 
So, um, they, yeah, there were a lot of guys to add and drop. They weren't necessarily available in my leagues. But here are some of the players that, that may have been or may still be available. Lucas Giolito has the Giants this week, and it's probably too late, but if you play in a daily league, you can pick up Giolito. Should you pick him up anyway? Seven innings of three-hit ball, one run, one walk, ten strikeouts against the Rays, who strike out a lot. Giolito, there you go. Giolito I don't know 61. why. I wrote a waiver wire column Monday. I don't know why I wasn't just looking at that. Yes, Lucas Giolito. Ugh, so disorganized this morning. Lucas Giolito uh, has been great. And this start obviously was the, the most, it was most evident with the 10 strikeouts. But in all three of his starts, he's gotten double-digit swinging strikes. The control problems that plagued him the last two years in the minors haven't really showed up. So I think Lucas Giolito, at a time when pitchers are are getting shut down or you know showing signs of of wear, like who knows if you can trust Cole Hamels right now or Aaron Nola, he was bad again. I think Lucas Giolito is absolutely a priority pickup. Uh, really, his teammate Reynaldo Lopez, who wasn't as dominant coming off the DL, but had a quality start, and he has gotten double-digit swinging strikes in all three of his starts as well since coming up to the major. So I like both of them. I like Brandon Woodruff probably even more than Lopez. Uh, he had a gem of a start. I think it was against the Cubs, right? That was yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, but didn't he not go deep in the game? Oh, he went deep. Uh, he went I... seven innings. Okay, I'm sorry. I must have confused one, him. With one earned run on two hits with eight strikeouts and one walk. <clears throat> and... um was it against the I Cubs? like him a lot. He was he was great last year between high class A and double A. Not as great at triple A this year, but it was Colorado Springs, basically a course field of the minors. So you give him a pass for that. And uh he has a lot of innings left because of the time he missed with a hamstring injury. They're probably looking to get him more innings, actually. So Woodruff is a is a big deal as well. And if you want to go even deeper, a guy who's owned in less than ten percent of leagues, I was impressed by Dylan Peterson's or Dylan uh Oh, for the Marlins? Yeah, is it Dylan Peterson? Did I get that name right? Oh, boy. Uh, Peters, maybe? Dylan Peters. That sounds even better. Yeah. He had a start Friday. Uh, Dylan Peters, yeah. Seven shutout innings with eight strikeouts and three walks. Guy who had a one, an ERA south of two in the minors this year. And threw his curveball as often as his fastball. Usually, that's a good recipe for swings and misses. And he got a lot of them against the Phillies. Um, really good looking curveball. So he's, he's, it's only one start for him. The others have spent enough time in the majors that we have a better idea of what they're going to do. Uh, but, but Peters had good minor league numbers and, and he's so widely available that he's worth bringing up okay. as somebody who could help down the stretch. Yeah, no, it's pretty interesting. I mean, at this point, you know, you're really looking at matchups. So you got to check, make sure the matchups are good. I'm so skeptical with Lucas Giolito. Because, I don't know, apparently, I'm watching these highlights, though, against the Rays, and the curveball looks really good. But, the, you know, I guess the secret to his turnaround has been mental. He's figured out something mentally. And I, I don't know, like, I never thought he was that good. When I saw him come up for the Nationals last year, I was like, this guy with this stuff is the, the number one pitching prospect? They gave up on him in a trade that everyone panned, but I think they may have known something that we didn't about Lucas Giolito. Yeah, no, I was definitely there. I was yeah. definitely getting there with Giolito. I was giving him a pass for last year because he finished strong and whatever. It was it was an aberration based on his minor league track record. But when he did it again this year, when he had those kinds of struggles at AAA, uh, I wasn't even that excited when he got called up. Right. But he has looked... He has looked really good in three starts. And, There's um, no denying that. Yeah. Now, now yeah. he didn't really have a lot of strikeouts until he faced the Rays. But yes, you know that. But the swinging strikes made me think he should have had more. And uh, he got them against the Rays and gets the Giants this week. So again, daily leagues, Giolito, someone you, I would start him in a second against the Giants. Uh, I don't think we want Chad Cool though. He had a great start against the Cubs, but mm -hmm. uh, we don't care, right? Nope. He's at St. Louis this week. And I don't think you should pick up Yolisha Seen, who had a great start against the Dodgers on Sunday because his next two starts are at Arizona this week and then at Colorado next week. So stay away from Shasin. What about Douglas Pfister? Five quality starts in his last six starts. 157 ERA. 
in his last three starts, Vister's mm-hmm. been really good. I mean, 23 innings, 10 hits, 18 strikeouts, and that was at Cleveland, home against Baltimore, and at the Yankees. And Fister will have Toronto this week, and then Oakland next week, 35% owned for Fister. Yeah, and I think it's easy to forget just because of how hard he's been hit the last couple years and the fact he's not a big bat misser, not a hard thrower. It's easy to forget that he had a three-year stretch there, four-year stretch really, where he was pretty much indispensable in fantasy, must own. And um, his velocity now is back to the point it was then, which is still low by major league standards, but it's a good thing if if he if he had lost some and gained it back. Obviously, he also talks about a, a moving to the first base side of the rub, rubber and how that's improved his stride direction. I don't know what to make of that, but it seems to coincide with this turnaround for him. It's just when you have these September call ups with a bunch of innings left and they're missing bats like they did this weekend. Uh, you have Denelson Lamette, who's still available in a third of leagues himself, and he's been on a nice two-month run, also has plenty of innings left. It's it's hard for me to take that leap on Doug Fister, though in deeper leagues I was certainly putting in a claim for him this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I watched Fister in that very good start against the Yankees, and he's a gimmick pitcher. He'll throw like a 70-something mile-per-hour curveball, and he throws strikes and he works fast. But I, you know, I don't want to see him against teams that are facing him for a second time. But next week against Oakland, I don't know. Maybe you could do worse than Fister. And then, of course, there's Luke Weaver, who is, who is awesome and seems to be a must-start now. He's 83% owned. Mike Clevenger's at the White Sox this week. So it would have been a great uh, week to pick him up. Clevenger's 71% owned. He might get two starts next week. We don't have him listed that way now, but it might happen. Oh man, I would Clevenger. This is I would not put much faith in two start projections from this point forward. Basically, half the teams when I when I went through and updated the two start rankings Sunday, it looked like about half the teams in baseball were going with a six man rotation. And it's not like they said we are going with a six man rotation. It's just they've inserted other pitchers that bumped the total number. From five to six and never said it was a spot start, never said we're removing him after this turn. So you just ha- kind of have to assume they're getting regular turns now. And that's going to be the case all through September. Luis Gohara, another Braves pitching prospect, guy they got from the Mariners in the Malik Smith trade this offseason, off and then the Mariners swung Malik Smith to the Rays. Uh, but Gohara's had a great year. It's not like he's replacing somebody. He's just coming up to start for the Braves. So... That might take them from six men to seven men, at least for now. And, and you don't know who's getting skipped. If anybody is, it's, it's really like you should not count on more than one start from pretty much anybody. Some of the most high end pitchers, maybe, but it's, it's still, they're not the kind of pitchers you're going to be starting because they're making two starts anyway. Interesting. So do you want to add Gohara, by the way? Is he worth a look? I mean, he's, he had a really good year and he's a big prospect. And I don't know that he'd be a big priority for me outside of NL only leagues. I just guy making his major league debut now. It, it just seems like a long shot. He's going to be somebody I can ever rely on over these last. Well, now we have three weeks left to set our lineup, right? Yeah, yeah, three. Okay, uh, so let's sum up the last ten minutes of the show. Give me like two other than Luke Weaver, eighty three percent on you gotta get him. Give me two or three pitchers that you feel are the highest priorities for you. You know, I think I would actually go oh wait a second, let me see Clevenger's. Okay, so Clevenger's in there. Did you mention Snell? Oh no, I didn't get to him. He's next. Fifty nine percent owned, one ninety one ERA in his last five starts for Snell. And there's a lot of good ones. I think if I was limiting it to two, the two would be Lamette and Snell, actually. Okay. <laughs> For all the good things I said about the rookie call-ups. But, you know, I'm high on Giolito and Woodruff and Lopez and basically Fister and, um, well, I don't know, Chad Cool's Chad Cool, I guess, would be at the very bottom because he hasn't shown great swing and miss stuff all year. Shasin's kind of low too, but I don't really care that much for Fister and Gohara with all those other 
big bat missers out there. All right, let me give you a little negative with Snell. He's okay. either going to make two starts next week against the Yankees and the Red Sox, or he's going to make one start next week against the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. I but don't then know what that about the so week bad. after that. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't know that like one start against the Yankees is so bad outside of Yankee Stadium. It'll be in Tampa Bay. You know, they have like one of the worst cleanup hitters in baseball right now, in Aaron Judge. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's true. Well, he yeah. keeps moving around in the order, but it is true. It's hurting them big time. They, I think they're on fire right now. They've scored like five runs and four straight games. It's something crazy. But I don't know. I don't know that I would sit Snell in a one star week against just the Giants, and I probably would start him in a two star week then. Um, because the Red Sox lineup is is good, but it's not uh, it's not unbeatable. They don't hit home runs. Um, all right, fair enough. Uh, let's talk about some hitters. Well, first of all, Jose Ramirez is 13 for 26 with three home runs, six doubles, and a triple in his last seven games. So he's extra base hitting like crazy, Jose Ramirez. But in terms of guys you could add, Delino to Shields is a regular player now that Adrian Beltre is likely out for the season. He has a six-game hitting streak. He walks a lot, and he steals a ton of bases. And Delino to Shields is 28% owned. I, I was going to add him in a categories league except I win steals just about every week. But at this point, I might, like, Granderson has cooled off. I'm a few days away from dropping Granderson for DeShields uh, because he's not just stealing bases. He's hitting at the top of the order. He's going to score runs. He's going to get on base. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, if I trust him to hit well over the next three-plus weeks, but I do trust him to run a lot when he gets on base. That's... Like I'm, I'm really not looking to add to Shields in like a points league or anything where other than where I need steals. But I mean, he still has plenty of value with that role. Now that it looks like he's going to be getting regular playing time again, and uh, there's just not, there's just not that many big time base dealers who also play every day available in categories leagues at this stage of the season. What about his teammate Carlos Gomez? He's batting 400 since Friday. With two home runs, one walk, four strikeouts. He had three hits yesterday. And Gomez actually 17 homers, 13 steals in 95 games. So, you know, he plays a full season. If he had not gotten hurt, he's a 2020 guy at least. Um, yeah, you know. know who I like more than him? Who? And their ownership's about the same. Kiermaier. Kevin Kiermaier. Yeah, I knew you were going there. Kevin Kiermaier. Yeah, I would, I would much rather have Kiermaier than Gomez and probably more than DeShields too. I mean, if you just combine um, if you combine Kiermaier's numbers from the last two seasons, which is about 183 games, so, you know, a, a little beyond what a full season would be. It is 183 games. It's not about 183 <laughs> games. It's a little beyond what a full season would be. He has, like, more than 20 homers, more than 30 steals. You know, basically looking like a lot like what Whit Merrifield's been this year, and I, I don't think it's at all a stretch to say Whit Merrifield's must start. So Kevin Kiermaier available in half of CBS Sports Leagues. Just for the steals, I think that needs to change. Yeah, but if you need steals, the Shields is going to crush him in steals. Well, I don't know. Like a grape, Scott. Uh, but I'm saying, yeah, I mean, DeShields That's all he is does. a better base stealer yeah. than Kevin Kiermaier, but Kiermaier himself is like a 30-steal guy over a full season. Well, the Shields is like a 90 90- a ten thousand steel guy, probably like a forty forty five steel guy. I'll give you that. All right, fair enough. All right, so look, those are some, those are some options for you. Kiermaier, since coming off the DL, is batting three seventy nine with three homers and three steals and fifteen runs, by the way, in sixteen games. So yeah, Kiermaier under owned and uh, DeShields an option for you there. Don't really love Gomez so much. Byron Buxton eighty six percent owned, so you've missed your chance there, but he's still hitting. How about Eduardo yep. Escobar, Twins infielders? Everybody on the Twins just crushing it right now. Three homers over the weekend. And that, by the way, I think Blake Snell's facing the Twins this week, so we'll see what happens there. Uh Eduardo Escobar is 19% owned. He's eligible at second, third, and short. Any interest there? No, not really. Not really. I would rather pick up J.P. Crawford if I needed middle infield help. He's getting the call for the Phillies today. Ooh, fun. And, uh, yeah, big time shortstop prospect who'd been pretty awful at AAA the last two years, but had maintained a 
impressive strikeout to walk ratio, made a lot of contact, and really seemed to turn things around over the last two months. <clears throat> JP Crawford has hit over the last two months. Uh, he's hit about 280 with an OPS over 900 and a lot of home runs in there too. So for a guy that the scouts never really wavered on, great athlete who has very advanced approach to the plate, if he's actually performing at AAA, I'm excited about what he can do in the majors at that position. Cool. So would you drop Ahmed Rosario for him? I think I would. Yeah. Just uh, I'd rather go with the unknown. Well, Ahmed Rosario has been mostly underwhelming. And if you want to go see J.P. Crawford or Ahmed Rosario, or how about this? If you want to go to a Falcons game, I'll tell you why that's going to be awesome. Why don't you go to uh, SeatGeek? Download the SeatGeek app. I have it on my phone, and it is really the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. It's not even close. I love SeatGeek. I use it all the time if I want to go to a concert, if I want to go to a game, comedy, theater. SeatGeek is my go-to app. Every purchase on SeatGeek is fully guaranteed, so you can shop there with confidence. So, look, you can save money on SeatGeek in two ways. One, you use our promo code FANTASY at checkout, and you get 10 bucks off. So you purchase your tickets, you use the code FANTASY, and you uh, get 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Two, SeatGeek, just by itself, without the promo code, saves you a ton of money because it searched multiple sites, it finds the best deals, and it shows you these are the tickets you need to be buying if you want some value. 10 bucks, Scott. Save that with the co- with the promo code FANTASY. That would go a long way at a Falcons game because I'm not sure if you're aware, their new stadium, they have crazy cheap concession stands, and I love that about them. you got like $2 hot dogs there. They have the cheapest that, in sports. That sounds good. That sounds like something I need to check out. Cheapest in sports, in the major sports. Good for them. I love it. But I also love SeatGeek. Get yourself the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com and enter the promo code FANTASY and get 10 bucks off your first purchase. All right, I know all y'all are just – you can't wait to find out. You need to know what's going on in the podcast league. Podcast re- – we won't talk about the rejects league, the team scam. We won't talk about that. That league sucks. Nah, Nobody cares about nah, that. They're, they're rejects for a reason. <laughs> Uh, but in the points league, four teams left. Two of them are on this podcast right now. Huh. Apollo Kreeth, me, and White Noise, Scott. We are not facing each other. So I know you all are out there thinking, let's get a podcast head-to-head championship and keep the ch- the crown in the league, you know, in the, in the CBS company. Although we yeah, didn't win yeah. last year, right? Uh no, actually a listener won last year. Yeah. I've won three years, you've won one, and a listener's won twice. Okay. Not the same listener. Okay, so we're in the playoffs. Bad news for Scott White. First of all, his opponent has guaranteed victory. I saw his opponent, Harry, face to face last week and he said, I don't see how anyone is beating me in a two week playoff. That's what he said. Because his team is Ooh. that good. Yep. That was some bold talk. Bad news is Harry's got Paul, uh, JD Martinez. Good news is, he's got Paul Goldschmidt. That's good news for Scott. Goldschmidt getting an MRI on his elbow. Wait, are we getting excited about the fact Paul Goldschmidt has an elbow injury? For you. It's good for you. Because you're placing him. It's good for me? Well, yeah, because you're facing Paul Goldschmidt and he's in the line. Well, yeah, no, it's good for me, but I mean. No, it's bad. Bad bad. news for the world as a whole, right? Yeah, no, it might not be serious. Yeah, it might not be serious. He's, He's been playing through it for a while now, had a great homestand playing through it. Um, he, he's going to be away for probably the first couple of days this week getting it checked out. But he's confident he's going to be able to play through it no matter what the problem is. Now, it may be something that requires intervention in the offseason. Corey Seager's elbow injury sounds like something that's going to need a surgery in the offseason. Uh, but he thinks he's going to be back this weekend and playing for the Dodgers again. Yeah. So, Goldschmidt, I don't. I don't think his owner should panic. I would still rather have Paul Goldschmidt than be facing Paul Goldschmidt. But um I'm off to a nice start here. I got a, I got a 15 and a half point advantage over Mr. Confidence this week <laughs> to start yeah. out. By the way, what did you say my team name was? White Noise. Yeah, White Noise. Oh, there it is. Echo. It's going to be your new team name, Echo. Um bad, here it's time for your bad idea of the day. You know, just this doesn't require much explanation. Matt Harvey is going to start on short rest on Wednesday. Yeah, that has been your bad idea of the day here on Fantasy Baseball today. <laughs> I kind of believe that. 
Nobody can. Why do they hate their pitchers so much? Oh, they thought it was a good idea. He he wanted to get out there as soon as possible. And he only threw 70 pitches in one of the worst starts you'll ever see. So get him out there again on short rest. Makes so much sense. Matt Harvey. Okay. All right. No, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. 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 A lot more news and notes, though. Chris Archer left Saturday's start with forearm tightness. No structural damage. He can play catch. Should you drop or hold Chris Archer? I would hold him. It sounds like he's probably going to miss Friday's start, but I suspect that'll be the only start he misses, and he's obviously a high-end pitcher when healthy, so uh, hopefully that's all he misses. It sounds like it's going to be all he misses, and you'll be happy to start him next week. Jake Arietta left with a hamstring injury, but he doesn't think it's serious. He might not miss any starts. I'm just going to guess he misses one, but that's a total guess. But, you know, why push it? Uh, Corey Seager, like Scott said, is playing through an elbow injury that may require off-season surgery, but Seager expects and hopes to be back this weekend. Tommy Pham left with shoulder soreness. Matt Carpenter left with shoulder tendonitis. Drop or hold Matt Carpenter. You know, it's interesting. He said this shoulder injuries basically bothered him all year. Well, I'm glad. I'm, it, I, I, this sounds mean, but I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, no, I mean, I am too, um, because we've had a hard time figuring out what was going on for Matt Carpenter. A lot of the batted ball data still looks really good, um, which, you know, you, you'd think that would be affected by the injury itself, but maybe not. Maybe, you know, maybe there, there is, maybe the, the, the injury is at least another, additional explanation that might explain the weirdness of the data. Um, and if he's been able to play through it to this point, I imagine he'd keep playing through it. The Cardinals still have plenty to play for. They're very much in the playoff race. But he says it's a sharp pain when he throws and also when he bats. Uh, we may see him move back to first base to close out the season, but I think we'll see him keep playing. And you know, whether or not you drop him, you could make the argument even before this news to drop him in like a shallow 10-team league with small lineups. I don't know that I'm dropping in any, him in anything deeper than that. All right, that's Matt Carpenter. Garrett Richards is going to start tonight. Do you care? I care, yeah. I mean, I don't want to use him. It's going to be a very limited start. But if it's a good start, he's somebody who could make an impact down the stretch. Xander Bogarts maybe. I don't want to call him a bench player. But Bogarts, he's he's had a bit of an injury lately. He's back. He started yesterday. Pedroia sat. But Nunez ain't going anywhere. Nunez is nope. hitting really well. He's at the top of the order. I suppose Devers, between Devers, Bogarts, and Pedroia, you, you, I don't know that you got it, you're going to get an everyday player there, Scott. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, close enough. I, I think the person who suffers the most is Mitch Moreland. You would think so, but but Bogarts has been really like I'm most worried about Bogarts. He's been really bad. That's fair. That's fair. Um, you know, I actually when Pedroia came off the DL, I I had a moment of hesitance. I had to drop somebody, and I'm talking in a in a roto league, so big lineups, 30 man rosters, 12 teams, 360 players rostered. Pedroia comes off the DL, and I had a moment where I consider dropping Bogarts instead of Pedroia. Whoever I kept would have to be in my starting lineup. I ultimately decided Pedroia was the way to go, but you know, if, if I'm to the point where thinking it's realistic not only to bench Bogarts, but to drop him in a league of that depth, and you know, in this case it turns out it, benching and dropping would be one and the same, but uh, you know, that, that kind of shows you my level of confidence in Bogarts going forward. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, meanwhile, Ian Desmond played shortstop yesterday. Trevor Story sat. And Desmond, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess this is an exciting development, potentially. See, see, Let's see four more of them. Yeah. You know, Josh Donaldson got to four, and that was it. Oh, right. What the heck? We are so close. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Desmond, one, one start. Uh, Gary Sanchez suspended three games. He's serving it. That began yesterday. Aaron Hicks is on the DL with an oblique strain. Jacoby Ellsbury may play every day for you AL-only people. Pablo Sandoval is 0 for, th for his last 33. That's pretty bad. That's the panda I know. And the Mets side, Nori Aoki, for you NL-only people. And I think he's going to play every day, right, Nori Aoki? Or, or I don't see why not. Yeah. Somebody has to. 2% owned Nori Aoki. 
<laughs> well, look, your fantasy team is a lot like a business. It's not going to be successful unless you get the word out and get the best talent. How do you do that? Now, in fantasy, you've got the waiver wire. We tell you who to pick up. We help you with that, of course. In business, you've got ZipRecruiter. You need to try ZipRecruiter if you're going to make some hires. This is an amazing website and a very simple process. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike is your URL. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike if you want to try it for free. You can post your job to 100-plus job sites with one click, and then ZipRecruiter efficiently matches the right people to your job better than any other site. And that's why ZipRecruiter is the best, because candidates don't have to find you. ZipRecruiter goes out and finds them. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within just one day. That is tough to beat. You're going to love ZipRecruiter. Our listeners can post jobs there for free. That's right, for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. One more time. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Next segment, chasing slash making history. Giancarlo Stanton, 53 home runs. Will he hit 62? Why do we care, Adam? That's not the record. It is a record. It is a substantial milestone. Will he hit 62 this year? He's at 53. Yeah. Uh So... Will he hit 62? I am going to still say no, but I mean, it certainly, certainly has a chance. Big chance. May happen. I'm going to say yes, but only because you are saying no. My real answer would be no. However, if he does get to 62, I will gloat about how I said yes. And if he doesn't get to 62, I will say something like, I didn't think he was going to do it all along. Oh. Yeah. Got, got your bases covered there. I like it. Love it. Josh Bell set a National League record. For most home runs by a switch hitting rookie. You got that? National League, switch hitting rookie. Josh Bell has 24 home runs. That's a new record for the NL. Whose record did he break, Scott White? Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones. Bell's the number 15 first baseman in fantasy in points leagues, number 20 in roto. Anything to say about Josh Bell, record holder? I think he's going to be somebody we like a lot going into next year. And not just me this time, but everybody. Because I feel like he's going to be pretty a pretty safe contributor, even if MLB changes the balls, home runs go down everywhere. Bell has enough other ways of contributing that I think he's going to be... Uh, and just the fact that he seems to have gotten better over the course of this year. I yeah. think he's going to be somebody that's basically must start next year. Yeah, I don't know that it would have made any difference on my Roto team, but dropping Josh Bell for Mike Napoli probably like a couple of months ago was the Not a good worst decision I made in that league all year. Not a good idea. No. You know, Bell in a Roto league where you don't get points, any credit for walks, no OBP, he at the time just seemed like extremely replaceable. Mm -hmm. And Napoli was getting hot for a very, very brief period and – I wish that had been like on a Wednesday instead of a Sunday, so I could have seen the crappy from from uh, the crappy stuff from Napoli and not made the call. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, that was a big mistake, big mistake. And I think Heath picked him up, so Heath's winning that league. So even bigger mistake. Um, other records chasing or making history. Aaron Judge has 103 walks this season. He is approaching Les Fleming's rookie record of 106 walks, set in 1942. Wow. Yeah. I did not know either of those marks. I didn't know Judge had that many, and I didn't know what the record was for a rookie. Yeah. So very interesting. And I don't know who Les Fleming is, but I do now. Les Fleming. That's that. He's very. That's what you take like an antihistamine for. Yeah. Right? You know he's getting. How do you know you're getting over a cold? Because Les Fleming is in the building. Uh, Arizona's won 11 straight games. The Dodgers have lost nine of ten. And as I mentioned, Robbie Ray, first pitcher in baseball history. With four double-digit strikeout games against the Dodgers in one season. And the Angels set an American League record yesterday by using 12 pitchers last night in a win against Oakland. Hashtag September Baseball. All right, double dongs from yesterday. Catcher Martin Maldonado of the, of the Angels hit two home runs yesterday. He's 16% owned. I think I put Cole Calhoun in the wrong section because he did not hit two home runs, but he's been hot. So more on him in a second. But yeah. Matt Olson, Matt Olson did hit six home runs. He's got six in his last seven games. Matt Olson is only 16% owned, Scott. What do you think about Olson? 
Yeah, he's up to 14 in 41 games, which is also impressive. He's been striking out too much in the majors, and so I've been hesitant to really buy into him. But, you know, it's not like he was Joey Gallo in the minors, particularly this year. It was a reasonable strikeout rate given the level of power Olsen has. So I have hope that he becomes uh, somebody we can rely on in fantasy. I think maybe for trailing in that category in particular, in, in like a Roto League, Matt Olsen should be somebody who's in your lineup. I just don't know that I trust him to uh, to be a consistent hitter here to close out the season. All right, so that's Matt Olsen again, 16% owned. And Cole Calhoun, just on, a, on an aside, in his last 29 games, Calhoun's batting 320, 429 on base, 505 slugging, so not a lot of power, four home runs. But how about this, 29 games, 19 walks and 19 strikeouts for Cole Calhoun, who's 52% owned. I mean, is he sort of like an Ender Arte? if you just need a safe guy in a points league or an OBP league or something, you, you throw in Calhoun? I mean, he's getting back to that. He hadn't been nearly as good as NCRT until very recently. He he had kind of fallen off the mixed league radar, but he's back on it with this hot streak. It's just, you know, we we know the upside's limited too, particularly in this kind of environment. Scott, are you ready to intro a couple of segments? Oh, I'm ready. Okay, you see the name of the first one? Or do you need me to help you with that? To trust. Or not to trust. To trust or not to trust Dylan Bundy after he got rocked by the Yankees yesterday. And he's supposed to be at Cleveland this weekend and then at the Yankees next week. So it's tough for Bundy to trust or not to trust. I think Dylan Bundy is somebody who I'm going to trust with a caveat. Well, we're talking next week at the Yankees or this weekend at they're kind of the know. same, I, right? I mean, yeah, Cleveland's I mean, Cleveland, worse. Well, Cleveland's just every one of their hitters is on fire. Yeah, right you don't now, want to face so. them. But at the same time, Dylan Bundy himself was on fire prior to this start. He had that um, five-start stretch where he was just awesome, ton of strikeouts. And so, like, if we buy that he turned a corner then, was throwing the slider, cutter hybrid more, and that's his best pitch, you know, he probably deserves a pass for this weekend start. But I just know the innings are escalating for him, too. And I wonder if the Orioles slip too much more, do they just shut him down at some point? So I guess I've worked my way back to not trusting. But just from a short-term perspective, I could go either way on that. It's a really tough matchup for Bundy. Um, So... You know, if we're, if we're, if it's a daily league and we're setting our lineups just for this weekend at Cleveland, it would, it might depend how I'm already doing an ERA whip and strikeouts. Fair enough. That's Dylan Bundy. Let's go to Trevor Bauer. To trust or not to trust Trevor Bauer dominated the White Sox yesterday and he's got a 305 ERA and he's eight and one since the All-Star break. <clears throat> to trust or not to trust Trevor Bauer, I guess he'd be lined up to face Baltimore this weekend. I never trust Trevor Bauer. Until you do, and then. <laughs> but I think we have to trust Trevor Bauer right now just because we got to trust somebody, right? And he has been really good his last, man, I don't even know how many starts it was. I, it, I'll i pull it up here in a second, but it, it'll surprise you what the numbers are. I thought I had them jotted down here. Oh, here it is. Last night start, last nine appearances, eight of them starts, a 219 ERA, 122 whip, which is a little on the high side. He's given up some hits. But 219 ERA, 122 whip, 10 strikeouts per nine innings. And basically two months' time. I don't know how, given the strikeouts and everything else, you could say you don't trust that guy right now. Rick Porcello, to trust or not to trust, I believe his next two starts will be against Tampa Bay. But like we said, like Scott said, it's hard to look into the future. To trust or not to trust, Rick Porcello. So here's maybe the argument against Bauer is that I had been sitting Rick Porcello for the longest time in the many leagues where I owned him. Saw him put together a 3.55 ERA and 11 starts. Get him back in my lineup this week. Seven earned runs in five and a third innings on Monday. So now obviously that stretch for Porcello wasn't as dominant as Bauer's been during his stretch, but it was a pitcher who I thought we were beyond trusting who regained my trust and then burned me the moment I turned back to him. 
Um, I think the big difference is Bauer has given up 21 home runs this year, and Porcello's given up 35. Yeah. And even when when and Porcello's pitched like 30 more innings, but even yeah. when Porcello was going well with that 350-ish ERA, he was still giving up home runs, and he gave up three yesterday. And look, I don't even know that I'd go as far as to say Porcello's unstartable if he's going against Tampa Bay, as you're saying. But yeah. I'd rather not have to start him, so I don't trust him. Chase Anderson. Uh, bad start yesterday at Cincinnati. At the Cubs this weekend if they are on a five-man rotation. If not, I think it'll be two starts next week. Yeah, so I I, I wondered if, if he had lost anything stuff-wise since returning from the DL. Um, but... That doesn't appear to be the case. The velocity seems fine for Chase Anderson. Not the highest it's been this year, but not the lowest either. And um, three of his – really, I mean, the bigger issue prior to this start was just that he wasn't pitching deep into games. So he had been fine before this start. I, I hope eventually he gets to where he's going six, seven innings consistently. I trust him. All right, Chase Anderson, we trust. And finally, Jose Barrios. Can't figure out this guy. Barrios uh, started in 78% of leagues, gets crushed by the Rays yesterday. And maybe we can figure it out. Maybe it's this simple. 254 ERA at home, 543 ERA on the road. Three runs higher ERA on the road uh, at Kansas City this weekend for, for Jose Barrios. So another road start. So I'll play it by the matchups for him and, and say at Kansas City I'll trust Jose Barrios. Even on that. the road where he's got this yeah. 543 I mean, because it's a big park. and So is Tampa. And was that was the home and road thing? That's for the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you look at his last four starts: two great ones, both at home; two mm-hmm. bad ones, both on the road. And I think one was at the White Sox. Yeah, I just Barrios we're talking about here. The home away split when it's not an obvious park effects thing. Yeah, I, I always have a hard time trusting that because it seems like a couple of really bad starts or really good starts one way or another can make a huge difference with that number. And it could just be happenstance. All right, and then Brios. And the thing is, like, the Twins play in a big ballpark, but from what I understand, the ball kind of carries there. So it's not necessarily a pitcher's park. Um, I don't know. I don't know what baseball reference would have to say about that. <laughs> uh, you ready for our next segment, Scott? We ready to intro it? To add... Or not to add. To add or not to add, Jake Junis, who has the Twins on the schedule this weekend, got a win yesterday, pitched okay against Detroit. Jake Junis, 53% owned. Yeah, I mean, this was a going, this was a two-star week for him, and it looked like a fairly safe one for him, because seven-game week, he was going Monday and Saturday. So even if they inserted another pitcher, whatever, it looked like he'd make two starts. Uh, for next week, for assuming it's only going to be one start, uh, that would be, that would be a big question mark because he hasn't been consistently pitching deep into games. The strikeouts were back down in this start. I want to see how he does against Minnesota this weekend. I'd probably be, be fine using him in that start. Jake Junis. R.A. Dickey, 48% owned. Ugh. No way. We don't want him, right? Yeah, I wasn't even trusting him prior to this, even though he had a lengthy run there with a lot of quality starts. Uh, but he's just, he's the, the definition of untrustworthy. By the way, Jake Junis does face Minnesota this weekend, unless it gets pushed back like twice, and then he'll face the White Sox next week, which would be great. But oh, if yeah. that doesn't happen, which is unlikely, it looks like Jake Junis is lined up to be at Cleveland next week. Not so good. Not so no, good. I don't think I trust him for that. How, all right, Andrew Kashner. I mean, he's either gonna face the Yankees this week if they stay five man this weekend, or nope. he'll have two starts next week. Nope. But I mean, how long can we say nope on Kashner? Forever, Adam. <laughs> Forever. Nice. That was required. All right, fine. No Andrew Kashner. And Erasmo Ramirez, 17% owned, five straight quality starts. He will either face the Angels this weekend if they stay five man, or Erasmo Ramirez will go, will go at Texas and at Houston next week. I don't particularly trust him either. But, it, I mean, those matchups are not very good even in the two-start week, even considering that and the fact that it might not be a two-start week. I, I could see doing it in the deeper league. I'd rather do that than Kashner. But ultimately, I'm not looking to add Erasmo Ramirez. Are you looking to talk about tonight's matchups? Let's do it. Good. So am I. All right. We have the Yankees at the Orioles. Sabathia and Hellickson. 
Uh, I don't think either. I'd give some thought to Sabathia, I guess, just because he's been good since returning from the DL, but it's it's a risky play. I want to check one thing here. Um, see his numbers against Baltimore. I think he has a good history against them. Oh, not this year. 694 ERA and two starts. Only two starts. Last year versus Baltimore, Sabathia, 230 ERA and five starts. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right, well, no Hellickson. Sabathia is questionable. Mm-hmm. Kyle Hendricks at Stephen Brault. Good with Hendricks. All right, that's Cubs and Pirates. Brewers at Red, Zach Davies and Robert Stevenson. I'm going to go neither on this, even though both have pitched well of late. Just okay. seems seems like there's a low floor for both of them. Jason Vargas, Anibal Sanchez. Nope. Nope. Ben Lively, Jacob DeGrom. Well, DeGrom, obviously, and Lively, obviously not. Well, maybe it's not obvious, but I want it. Steven Strasburg at Odrisa Mertespanye. Yeah. That's a pretty obvious one. Uh, when was the last time Strasburg started at Miami? He has this weird history of being terrible at Miami. I wonder if that's happened this year. He's, uh, no, he's faced them twice this year. 16 innings, two earned runs, both on the road. Look, you're starting Strasburg anyway. I just think this is fun. Yeah. I'll laugh if he has a bad start though. I'll laugh. I'll you. laugh too. Now I'll, I'll laugh at everyone who started him. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, Strasburg made one start at Miami. It didn't go well. It went incredible. Eight scoreless innings with ten strikeouts. Did so. you want the effect for that? No, that's all right. I think it only works on, on your end. It does? I think so. It's the mixer, Wait, not let's the. Let's do a more dramatic one and talk. All right, all right, give it a test. Give it a test. All right, check, check. Yeah, see, it's only on your side. No, 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 all right, no. don't kill it, Scott. Don't no, kill it. No, People no, love no. it right now. <laughs> all right, sorry. People love it. Don't don't change that. Twins yeah. at Rays. Cologne Odorizzi. Oh. Cologne Odor. Oh my gosh, what a great matchup. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Cologne um, Odor. As easy. for whether or not you'd start them, I'm gonna go no on this after the. The, the way the, with, with the ra- way some of the Rays top hitters have been hitting. They had a big weekend, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Lomo's been. Dickerson's hitting fire. well. Kiermaier, Lomo. Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm not starting either of these guys. I'm not starting Odorizzi against the Twins. Nope. Blue Jays at Red Sox. Estrada, Eduardo Rodriguez. No, no. Yeah. Seems too risky. I'm almost We well, gotta start somebody, right? I'll tell you what, if Eduardo Rodriguez, well that's the thing. I've got, I've got four starters in my daily league going tonight. And I'm starting three of them. DeGrom was an easy call. Uh, instead of guessing, I'll, I'll look it up. But I know I'm sitting Eduardo Rodriguez. And if he struggles, I'm going to pick him up. I'm going to drop Eduardo Rodriguez uh, if he struggles again. And there were so many guys that you just mentioned mm-hmm. in the beginning of the show that I could look at. Or I could just take the line out of Shields and drop Eduardo Rodriguez. But the three guys I'm starting... Tonight are DeGrom, Verlander, and Michael Waka. Verlander is the obvious one. Waka at San Diego. I'm pretty much only starting him because of at San Diego. Yeah. And I'm sitting at Eduardo Rodriguez. I mean that and that's still pretty scary. Even how many middling pitchers like Waka have we recommended because they were facing San Diego lately and it's blown up in our faces. Yeah, totally. It's happened a lot. Didn't happen to Carlos Martinez last night, complete game shutout. Rangers and Braves, Miguel Gonzalez, and Go- Gohara. I mean, Miguel Gonzalez, I guess I could recommend in a Bartolo Colon, um, not Bartolo Colon, in a, in a CC Sabathia sort of way, where if you just need another start, you could do worse. He's pitched well of late. This will be his first start in a Rangers uniform, though. I don't know whether that's good news or bad news. It might have some kind of emotional impact on him, though. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but Gohara, <laughs> Gohara, no. Too risky. Yeah, guy in his major league debut. Yeah. That's pretty much always a no. Danny Salazar, David Holmberg. Well, Salazar, I feel good about. Sure, coming back from the DL, the way he was pitching before that, and it's against the White Sox. Let's do it. Giants, Rockies, no. Nope. Unless, would you start Tyler Chatwood at home against the Giants? Nope. Angels at A's, Garrett Richards, Kendall Graveman. Mm, I don't think so. All right, Michael Waka at Travis Wood, Cardinals at Padres. I'd lean no on Waka, but, you know, if you really need that extra start, it's possible to do it. 
Astros and Mariners, Verlander and Miranda. And if we changed their letters, you would be Merlander and Veranda, which is relevant. Uh, starter sit, Ariel Miranda. Is it relevant though? <laughs> I would sit Verlander and, sorry, nope. I would nope. start Verlander and sit Miranda. And Zach Granke and Yunjin Ryu. Granke, we're gonna start against the Dodgers, right? You know, if you switch the letters in Zach Granke's name, it'd be Gax Ranky. No, I didn't switch the letters in his name. I put oh. Verlander and Miranda. I made it Veranda. Well, that's even more pointless. And Verlander. Um, it'd be yeah, I, Ryu. I think, I think both of these are okay. Definitely Granky at the Dodgers. And Ryu, even going against the Diamondbacks, I feel okay about him. He's been, wasn't good last time, but he'd been very reliable before that. All right. Yeah, Greinke has pitched three times against the Dodgers this year. He had one terrible start. The other two were quality starts. Um, so six and two-thirds, three runs, six innings, one run. And that was just last week. So he's making back-to-back starts against the Dodgers. Okay, let me see if we have some time for emails here at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. And uh, Will earn the number one seed and a bye. Should I drop Rafael Devers? For Eddie Rosario. I think anything goes this time of year. If the matchups are right, if you just want to go with the hot hand, um, you know, within reason, you don't want to drop Paul Goldschmidt and have your competitor pick him up. That, But Devers has been lackluster for long enough and isn't the most proven option to begin with. So if, if you really feel like Rosario is going to be better for you going forward, I'm okay with that. Um I don't know that it's something that every Devers owner wants to do, though. Okay, and this is a very rude email from <laughs> Gary in Africa. It says, Dear Teddy, Kanish, and Worm. Okay. Teddy, Kanish, and Worm. That would be... Oh, from Rounders. It's a good movie. Uh, I love the podcast. One thing I cannot understand this year is your undying love for Matt Carpenter. I can only assume you guys have Tiger Beat photos of the guy hanging in your cubicles. Uh, OBP has been good, but I see Carpenter falling off a cliff this year. Looks like he has a shoulder issue now, maybe off-season surgery. He's 31, for goodness sake. Stop carrying the torch. Downgrade Matt Carpenter. <laughs> 31's uh, not that old. This no. is baseball, right? No, but actually it's an appropriate email because if the shoulder has been bothering him all year, then it does change yeah. things. And there you go. Yeah, but like we were saying earlier, it kind of explains things. Yes. Um, and, and last it, year in the second half, it was an oblique injury that he played through and crushed his numbers. So, you know, he may be going through a Ryan Zimmerman kind of stretch here where just in so many injuries are accumulating for such a long period of time that he's kind of reshaping our opinion on, in, in a way that's unfair. And uh, he could have the same kind of resurgence as soon as next year. But I, I still love the plate discipline. I mean, the home run power has been fine this year. And a lot of the the contact that data points to a much better player than he has been. So he'll be drafted later next year than he was this year. That's appropriate, but he'll still definitely be in that uh, you know early to mid round range. Here's an email at fantasybaseball@cbsi.com from Aaron. First week of the playoffs, points league does not deduct hitter strikeouts. I have Mike Zanino, but Salvador Perez just became available. Who should I go with? No, uh, no problem with hitter strikeouts. No deduction. Salvador Perez, and boy, has he been terrible. Mm-hmm. Except he homered yesterday. Or Mike Zanino. Yeah, I still think I'd go with Salvi. Obviously, it closes the gap a good bit, but I just think he's a better player. And unless I have reason to think he's not healthy, I mean, he actually got a nice long rest there recently with the DL stint, which is unusual for him at this stage of the year. Um, and I and we, we think he's healthy now. I, I think he'll come out of this, and I still trust him more than Zunino, even in that format. Okay. Yeah, Perez has struggled in 11 games since coming off the DL. And let me see if we have time, Scott, for one more email. Uh, choose one starter. This is from Bradley. I have a max of seven starters per week in a head-to-head points league. Blake Snell at home against Minnesota. Or Jake Junis at home against Minnesota. Who do you go with? <laughs> Ooh, Blake Snell. Snell's a better pitcher than Junis. You gotta go with Snell, no? 
I think so. I, I don't. I don't think it's. Yes, I mean Snell has more talent than Junis, but Junis has a lot too, and they've both pitched similarly well recently. I think I'd go with Snell though. There you go. That's Scott White. I'm Adam Azer. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody.